Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Thursday night. It's almost the weekend. We're almost there again. Uh, I know you guys are, are praising whatever God it is that you like to praise because, uh, you know, these weeks these weeks can go real slow sometimes. we got a great show for you guys tonight. Let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can go and get all these wonderful graphic design shirts and hoodies and hats like I'm wearing tonight. The Ron Paul didn't have to be this way hoodie uh, for a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout or joining the Patreon subscribe star and becoming a member of the YouTube channel to get into the private discord server where you can get all the new top lobster gear uh, up to two weeks early before it hits the general public at like a 30 percent discount shit is awesome definitely worth it i promise you uh and of course executive producers of show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs these people are doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life i promise you will not be disappointed guys like i said we got a great show for you tonight uh Top Lops to put me up to this guy, man, and and I I wasn't super familiar. Uh, I know he had been around the Anarcho Polco scene, um, but I wasn't super familiar. So I went and started checking him out, and man, he is based. He's gonna red pill you, I promise. Uh, he is the host of Macroaggressions with Charlie Robinson and the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. He is Mr. Charlie Robinson. How you doing tonight, sir? I am fantastic and ready to get weird with you. Let's do it. I like to get weird, man. I'm a big fan yeah. of being weird. Uh, so, man, l- listen, you're uh, you're uh, you're one of those guys that definitely um, says what you're thinking, and you're not going to apologize <laughs> for it. I'm a I'm a big fan of those kind of people, man. I don't I don't know if you know that, but uh, it's not necessarily a good trait. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it certainly has its drawbacks, but I can't help it. I've got a I've got I had things i want to say well and and as you should and and no one should have to deal with the crap that we deal with just by saying what's on your mind sometimes i mean sure there's some things that you maybe we need to push back on occasionally but uh let's talk about your journey man how did you get to where you're at you know that you're uh you got two books out right yeah you got another uh, one on yeah. the way you got two That's podcasts correct. Two podcasts, Macroaggressions, and I'm one of the four co-hosts of the Union of the Unwanted with Sam Tripoli uh, oh, from Tinfoil Hat, right. Ricky Verandas from The Ripple Effect, and Midnight Mike from OBDM. Nice, podcast. nice. I, uh, I I actually saw that Sam shared a screenshot of one of my Twitter posts on Instagram the other day, so I immediately jumped oh, nice. into his DMs. Hey, man, you want to come on the show? <laughs> he hasn't yeah. hit me up, but he hasn't <laughs> hit me up yet. But uh, so so well, yeah. Sam, Sam will get back to you in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get that's I got some friends him. like that too, especially especially like Dave Smith, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but let, yeah, let's talk about your journey, man. How did you How did you get here? What What yeah. What led you there? Well, you know, really, what did it was I was living and working in Las Vegas um, in new home sales, selling real estate. And it's 2007, March of 2007. And I go on a trip right before I go on a trip. My buddy comes over and says, Hey, you should read this book confessions of an economic hitman by John Perkins. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. I read it and it changed my life. And the reason why it did was because Perkins was talking about this, uh, how he used to work for this company called Maine, which is like Halliburton. And this was back in the sixties, seventies, and maybe early eighties. And and he would uh, go around to these countries and tell them, hey, listen, you've got this great topography. We could build like a hydroelectric power plant here. You build a dam and it'll be great. It'll generate electricity. Um, you, it'll pay for itself in a couple of years. And the kids will learn to read at night because you'll have electricity, all these great things. Right. And so and I've already got the, the loan lined up for you with the IMF and World Bank. Don't worry about that. And so these countries would sign on to this, take on this big loan and. And it, it, almost immediately, it would go sideways on them. They couldn't pay it back. They'd fall behind in their payments. And then per, John Perkins would approach them and say, hey, listen, you owe us a lot. You owe these guys a lot of money, but I think we can work something out. Like maybe you privatize your lumber industry or you, you know, let our buddies buy it or you let us put a military base there or so, some shitty deal that nobody that they didn't want to do. And I'm reading this and I'm going, oh, my God, this is what we're doing on a smaller scale in Las Vegas, we're extending loans credit to people that probably shouldn't be buying these homes. They buy the homes. And then a couple years down the road, when the interest rate spikes, and uh, they can't make the payments, then the banks take back tangible assets like the house. And I was like, I'm part of this system. And I didn't even realize it. And I had that. So it's my my red pill moment was that 
but I was already aware that 9-11 was not, you know, as it, it appeared to be. I knew there was some funkiness there. So I wasn't totally in the dark, but but I didn't understand the financial side of it. So I really started to dig into things like understanding how money is created in the Federal Reserve and the Bank for International Settlements, fractional reserve lending, all that boring stuff yeah. that, you, that you don't learn because it's not fun. I had to learn that because I felt like, you know, when the market tanked and I, I was working in real estate, I lost two houses during that too. Like I was right in the middle of it and I couldn't see it. And I thought, okay, I, I'm done being the sucker at the three card Monty game. I'm going to walk around the, 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 the back of the table and you guys show me how this works. You know, that's, I just wanted to know how the scams worked. And that's when I started to understand, you know, Wall Street. And uh, and then, of course, 2008, we have that big financial collapse and they start, you know, they hold a gun to the American public's head and say, if we don't get 700 billion, you know, we're going to all this stuff. So so it, the whole thing kind of woke me up to there's there are financial games being played by these people. And in and that, you know, leads you to that leads you down the rabbit hole. And once you go down, man, if you're, you know, once you go down, you can't, you can't get up. So, so, so fast forward a, a couple of years and I'm having just a normal conversation with my mother where I explained to her like some great new conspiracy I just discovered or something. I don't know. And she's like, that's cool. That's really interesting that you have all this information, but you've got all this information on all these different topics. What are you going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. I never, never <laughs> thought I had to do anything with it. So that started me thinking about what I could do. And that wound up becoming the first book, which was the octopus of global control, which takes into account, you know, it talks about eight tentacles of control. And then that gets into like 50 different topics. So that was a good book for me um, and that came out in 2017. And, uh, and from there, I just started promoting that book and wound up meeting Jeff Berwick while doing that. That led to the second book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire that we wrote together. And then, um, and in the process of writing that book, I started macroaggressions and it, it, it you know, you just, I, you, you probably know how I feel about this stuff. It's like, a, a, a compulsion almost to, to talk about it. You know, when you find out when you have, you come across this information and you know, it'll be helpful to other people. It'll help them, you know, to not make these mistakes that they're walking into that the media is lying to them and telling them to, you feel like you have to tell people like it would be, you'd be doing a disservice if you didn't talk about it. So I, I have to keep writing these books until you know, I, honestly, I'd, ra I'd re really rather do a podcast about football. <laughs> One <Because> way all. <laughs> I, I'd much rather talk about that. But I, I feel like until these big problems are sorted out, and and and, and I'm not trying to say I'm going to I'm the one that's going to fix them all, but but until these problems are sorted out, like I feel like that's got to be the priority, especially with what we're going through right now. It's like all hands on deck. Everybody has to start waking everybody up as fast as they can, or it might be too late. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell of, of what led me down this uh, this path. But I always had an interest in unusual things. Like I went to Egypt when I was 16 and went, went visited the pyramids, went inside the pyramids. So I always liked stuff like that. I read Graham Hancock's books and stuff, sure. you know, so I'm into I'm, I'm into that. And so if you're into that, you're one step away from David Icke and, and loving that stuff. And then once you, you know, then you're, then you're in. Sure. I call it the, uh, the window you can't close anymore. Once you open it, it's like, that's it. <laughs> that's true. It's too late. Uh, it's, yeah, it's too late. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about your first book. Uh, that was, uh, I, I remember the name of it, but it's, uh, was it the octopus of global the control? The global control. So, so we talk a lot on the show about the cathedral. Right, which is mm -hmm. Curtis Arvin's theory that you know the mainstream media, uh, uh, academia, and the federal government are all in cahoots working together. I like to say that that includes the uh, big tech companies as well. Um, he yeah. he was working in big tech at the time when he wrote that, so I imagine that's probably why I didn't put it out there. But I mean, right. uh, so uh, you know, I haven't read your first book. Right. What is that similar to what you're talking about with these eight tentacles and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean it's it's you're you're talking about when you're talking about control structures, it's going to give you a, a variety of topics: religion, the media, governmental, covert, 
scientific control, spiritual, you know, so spiritual control, all these things. You, you, when you, and so when you write a, a, a book about control, you wind up learning about various forms of control, which is why I knew about Jeffrey Epstein well in advance, because you, you learn about blackmail, you learn about, um, you know, brownstone operations sure. and things like this. So, so, um, the, the octopus book was, was fun because, you, you know, I could, because I was just, uh, and to be crystal clear, I'm not, I didn't invent the idea of the octopus as this Danny Casalero wrote a book called the octopus and wound up getting himself killed for it. And, and, but the octopus gave me an opportunity to do something different when, with the format of it. And what it is, is that I brought in quotes from over 500 different people that had either some interesting story or they were involved in some of these really important events. And so you get quotes from like the Clintons and Bushes and Rockefellers and Rothschilds and all those people that you would expect. But then you also get Car George Carlin and Bill Hicks and Joe Rogan. And you get, you know, I was able to bring in some comedians that had a different perspective on this because I felt like, uh, I felt like if you, you know, it, it came from an, it, it, it actually stemmed from a, a, a disastrous Thanksgiving dinner I had years ago when I was first waking up to this and I brought up 9 11 oh. at Thanksgiving dinner oh, and God. I watched the table turn on me. <laughs> you know, obviously, like, know your audience. Bad, bad timing on my, on my part. But one of the things I also realized was that I didn't have my argument very uh, put together very well. And I realized that they didn't see me as any sort of authority on that topic. And so they were very dismissive of, of my opinion on it, but I knew that they were, they, they did hold, uh, in high regard, the opinion of, of other people, you know, like, so, it, so what I decided was, well, okay, forget about me telling you what happened on nine 11, because I'm not an architect or, en or engineer. What if I had, a, you know, what if I have Richard Gage from Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth talk about how there's 3,000 engineers that have signed their name on that? Would you believe it? You know, would that make a difference? What if you heard, you know, if they if they knew what we were up to, they'd chase us down and hang us, you know, the George H.W. Bush quote. Sure. What if you heard that? Would that change your mind about who he who he was because all these quotes you know these these negative ones these obscure ones you never hear on the nightly news so i what i realized was that when i wrote the octopus book i wanted it to be about the peep the quotes uh the people talking you know so that you could you'd hear my opinion and i'd lay it out i'd lay out the you know the argument there but then there'd be a paragraph with a quote from um from David Rockefeller talking about their plans, True. you know, talking about their plans. So it'd be like, it's one thing for me to say, look at these crazy people pushing their new world order. And everyone goes, Oh, get out of here with that new world order stuff. You, you, and you, you conspiracy theorists. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to show you 11 quotes, like one after another of all of these really important people in the world talking about the new world or the Pope and Bill Clinton and George W. Bush and George H. W. Bush and the, you know, the king of Saudi Arabia and all these people, I'm not calling them the new world order. This is what they call themselves. So, so it punctuated the book in a way that, that I could never do. So, uh, I, th so that's, that's what makes the octopus so interesting. And I think that's the reason why so many people really liked that book was because it was easy to read and you could, you could find a quote that you'd never heard, you'd never heard and go, God damn it. If I knew that, then I would then I, I would think differently about these things. Sure. You know, if you, when you hear like, you know, people talk about, oh, is 9-11 an inside job or anything and building seven? Oh, it came down because of because of, uh, you know, office fires. OK, what about if I have the owner of the building saying, you know, there was so much horrible loss of life, we made a decision that and we just decided to pull it. Right. You know, that is hard to get away from if you're the guy that said it. So, so that's kind of where the, the book takes it, you know, is, is kind of a, an unusual format. And I think people appreciated that, although it's big, it's 540 pages. So it's like a, it's like a telephone book. It's surprisingly easy to read because of that format. And, uh, and it keeps you kind of hang. And, and then it's got like my really warped dark sense of humor throughout the book, because, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest. These, these topics get a bit dark, True. You know, they get, you can like, 
it can like take a toll on you. And so I feel like there's, there's also room to kind of laugh at the absurdity of it all without, without that coming across as being, you know, disrespectful or anything. I mean, there's a line where you can cross, but, but I, I tried to find that like, you know, there's sometimes you just have to throw your hands up and laugh at how crazy all this shit is. And that, so that the book is a kind of an interesting blend of like serious topics unusual quotes from people that you probably recognize and then like a dark sense of humor running through the whole thing sure yeah and it's it's funny i i'm dealing with this uh today actually um you know they there's so so people always appeal to authority even even people who consider themselves like great libertarians or some truthers even occasionally they just they gotta appeal to authority uh it's it's a sad sad thing because it's like you know you can it's like the Afghan papers, right? Like you can go and readily look up the Afghan papers. I don't need to tell you that we were lied into the Afghanistan war. I could show right. you on these papers, you know, that are that are declassified from our governor, our government saying that they lied us into this war and they knew we could never win it. But I'm dealing with this today with this uh, with this COVID vax, right? And this may get mm-hmm. my channel shut down, but I don't think I monetized, so we're good. Uh, so so <laughs> that, that, that doesn't matter. I know, I know. But so so we're you know here's then this is the truth. So if they want to demonetize me for talking about shit they're talking about on the on the mainstream Let's media, that's fine. So several uh, two months ago, I I watched a video of people sticking magnets to their arms. Right? Stupid, dumb shit. Mm-hmm. At the injection site where they got their 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 vaccine within you know two days of getting it whatever, right? It's stupid, but it was like a two hour video. I watched it from from Odyssey, and I just was at work one day and I watched the whole damn thing. And I posted it on my Twitter, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty crazy." You know, these are people sticking magnets to their arms, and everyone's like, "Oh, you could do that with you know some you know uh, blow, blow on a spoon, and you could do it with your nose." And I'm I'm like, "Okay, that's right. cool. I get it. I'm not saying it's true." But it's pretty crazy that there was all these people from all over the world that would pull this global scam on everybody, okay? I think that's kind of yeah. strange. Well, then today, Japan comes out and says, hey, we pulled 1.6 million vials of the Moderna vaccine um, because it had a foreign metallic substance that had, was magnetically uh, reactive. And I'm going, right. and I'm going, holy shit. Like, at one point, and, and so I posted it, and I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm talking to this group fakertarians that always goes after after me for my conspiracy shit, and uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you guys can eat shit, you know, like this is look at this, this is crazy. It, maybe it doesn't prove it, but this is pretty a pretty crazy coincidence. Wouldn't you think they're like this proves nothing? It's one batch. I'm like, it's 1.6 million vials. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not. And how many doses are in each vial? I don't. I don't know. I think I. I thought it was just one, but I don't know. I'm oh, not. Okay. I'm not positive on that, and I'm not going to act like I know. But one point yeah. six. It's at least one point six million yeah. doses of this Moderna vaccine that people were sticking magnets to their arms two months ago, saying that there's this. You know, and they're still like, "You're crazy. You're an idiot. You're dumbass. You're stupid." And I'm like. All right, man. I, what else? What else do I need to do? <laughs> yeah, it's you're not gonna. It's some people you're just never gonna convince of of this stuff. Uh, your your mind is open and willing, you know, ready f- to accept this information on a different timeline. Everybody's everybody's a little bit different. Uh, but you know what? I wonder. I wonder if. <sighs> it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that we've got the 20 year anniversary of 911 and we're dealing with covid and in these two massive uh psychological operations that happen i wonder if you know 911 woke a lot of people up it woke me up to to what was going on and it, not at that exact moment to be clear it took a couple of years but but not that 911 in general and building 7 in particular woke me up to there is a there is something really wrong here that that we are not being told the truth and then that led me to discover how crooked the media was and all that stuff i i'm i'm wondering if covid is going to have that same effect on a next the next generation of people because it's so cartoonish and ridiculous and you know those those guys in that chat group can laugh at you all they want about about the magnet thing whatever and 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 the magnet let's just say it doesn't prove anything or whatever right you know the people that are taking that shot that has the magnet in it from moderna i bet if you ask them hey did you do your research on 
Moderna, before you took that shot, are you comfortable with their ability to provide you with a safe vaccine, safe and effective vaccine? I bet if you asked all those people that took that shot, they would either they would probably lie to you and say, yes, I, I researched it and I was comfortable with it. I don't think anybody would admit that they just didn't research it. But my point is this. If you did research Moderna, what you would realize is that they've never brought a product to market. Right. They're 0 for 8 before this one. And the only reason why this is, is in the marketplace is because of the emergency use authorization. So would you buy brake pads from a company that makes brakes that have never made it to market because they've have always never failed made it to market because they don't work. I mean, listen, this isn't conspiracy theory. This is just logic and reason. And my question is, where has it gone for most people? Why have they willfully disregarded their own common sense? The, 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 the flashing indicators in their head that should be going off right now, telling them there's something wrong. Even if it, even if they don't know exactly what it is, they should be at least going, there's something that's not adding up here. You know, like when the third shot people turn on the second shot people and and in, in, in battles, you're more unvaccinated. You know, that is a sign that the simulation is breaking down, sure. I think. You know what I mean? Because like, I feel like we're living, you know, as Steve Poikinen says, we're living in a fucking cartoon. Because every time I, 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 I watch this stuff happening out there, I cannot believe that there's such a large segment of the population that can't see it, that can't, that, that just can't see that there's, everybody's contradicting themselves. The experts, uh, we'll use that term very loosely. Very loosely. Uh, the experts <laughs> are, are, are saying one thing one week and saying the exact opposite the next, and then going back to their first position a, a week after that. It is, it's, it would be comical. I, it, I just say this. It would be comical if it wasn't so goddamn serious. Right. You know what I mean? Like we will look back on this as the the largest and most intense psychological operation ever conducted on on mankind at one time. I mean, what happened? What's happened in the last eighteen months? is nothing short of, 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 of crazy. I mean, and as, as libertarian, you know, you've got, you, you've got to certainly appreciate the fact that we went from, it's illegal to ask people about their medical status and, and to show us your vaccination papers before I let you in Chili's. Right. Before you can buy come and buy bananas for your children at the grocery right. store. It blows my right. mind. That, well, and, and here's the thing. And it, it all boils down to one thing. Every despotic uh, government in history has proven how well propaganda works on their own people. I mean, that's yeah. really what it is. That's what it is at the end of the day. Uh, it's a. It's just, it's constant. We're constantly having these things lobbed at us. Um, and there's so much information that the normal person who doesn't want to study anything, just wants to be force-fed, breaks down and stops paying attention and goes, okay, whatever they say, we're good. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what it is. I really do. I think just people are intellectually, intellectually, lazy they don't want to do the research they want to be force-fed it through a tv screen because that's how they live their life you know yeah and uh so when you're living life that way uh they can basically mold you any way they want and, and a buddy of mine showed me this uh propaganda or this this document that was from uh the kgb or nkvd one of those the soviet organizations uh that was talking about using about how they could use uh fear to shape somebody's uh, belief systems in 60 days, that if they if they took a person and subjected them to nonstop fear for 60 days straight, after that point, they would introduce information that would to that person that would contradict all of the things that they had been saying in the in that during that 60 day period, and the people wouldn't believe it. They just it 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 took them. It only took them two months to do that, to crack their brains to the point where you told them afterwards, it was all a big, you know, no, no, all that stuff wasn't actually true. And, uh, they're no longer willing to, to accept it. They've made their decision. They're not, they're not, it's like they've packed, they've moved their house, they've moved to a new house and they don't, they're not ready to, they don't want to move back. It's too much work. So they're just staying. Sure. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just insane to me that we're getting this information that, okay, maybe these things don't work, but you should still take it. You should still take it. It may not work. Right, right. 
It may actually, there's there's some scientists that say it may make it worse. There's some that say it may, you know, lessen symptoms. There's some, but, but we do know one thing. You can still get sick. So, you know, good luck. You know, <laughs> I like how they talk about it, like as if there is zero downside. Right. They're they're just like, hey, you know, like just I mean, it, it might not do exactly what it says it's going to do, but just take it. And you're like, why? Like, here's here's what I tried to explain to my friends who wound up taking it anyway. Sure. So guess I'm not that good of a salesperson. But but what, one of the things I told them is I said, according to the CDC, the the virus has a 99.98% survivability rate, right? So what that means is, you know, you're, you're telling me to take the vaccine for this. The maximum benefit that that vaccine can give me is 0.02% at its best day. Right. If it works perfect for me, that's all I can increase. That's all it's going to increase for me. And not to mention, I'm in great shape. I'm not overweight. I'm, I'm not in the high age range. I, I exercise, I do the things that you're, I take supplements and all that. I do the things you're supposed to do to stay healthy. So add that on top of whatever the percentages too. So, so why would I take, I mean, this isn't, this is like just statistical analysis. Why would I take a, a, a product, any product that's going to make me, you know, that, that might kill me. Right. What's the point? To get 0.02% benefit if it does, if it works absolutely perfectly. And by the way, it hasn't cleared all of its tests. It's been rushed to market. The manufacturers have have, have full protection from the government against lawsuits. Uh, like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, let's look at this logically here. Like, I feel like because the fear is introduced... That people just go, ah, I can't, I don't, I don't care. Just make it go away. Well, they locked us, they locked us in our homes for 18 months and took away our businesses and uh, took away our human interactions. And I made our kids stay home all day. And it's like, you know, people get desperate. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's really wild to me. And, you know, I'm also one of those people like, yo, dude, if you want to take it, go ahead. But my family, my family and I, we're not, we're not going to do it. Maybe I die. You know, maybe I die. I'm a longtime cigarette smoker. I'm a little hefty. You know, maybe I die. I don't know. But I, I, I posted this on 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 Twitter today. I said, uh, you know, if if this vaccine kills just one person, it is unethical and immoral to force it on millions. It's like playing Russian roulette and forcing. You know, you're forcing somebody to die. You can't do that. You can't do that. No, you can't. Absolutely. No, I mean, but think, but but then I see the people defending this sort of insanity these these closeted authoritarians that just come out of that just this has been like the greatest ex- excuse ever for these people to to you know save the world and it's um i mean i i'll tell you what i i'm 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 not concerned about catching the virus and dying from that i, I i'll do what i can and take preventative measures. I'm concerned about the general public though, oh, because yeah. they are a dumbed down animal herd. And that's terrifying because those people in large numbers are really scary. And they, and, and that think they're doing the right thing too. Like you have to remember in their mind, they're saving the world and you not taking the vaccine, you are threatening them. And they're reacting like herd animals react when when somebody is a threat to the herd. They they, they want to get away from you, or they want to make you comply. And this is fucking crazy authoritarian behavior from people that want to save you. Right? Remember? Well, right? So we, they, we want, gave they want some, you to be healthy. Yeah. They want you to be healthy. If you won't take the vaccine, then they want you to die. Right. So it's, right. so it, it, this is the the whole sales team behind this. I don't know. Uh, did the Black Plague need a, a PR department? Of course not. Absolutely not. <sighs> did the did the black did they need to give laps around Talladega Speedway to people in order to take the vaccine for the Black Plague? No, they did not, because it was evident on its face that it was killing everybody. Right. So, so now we see this cartoonish incentivization program to get people to take the vaccine through. Krispy Kreme donuts and Talladega laps and free weed and lottery tickets. And maybe you'll get college tuition. And, and I mean, just 
like if you if you took two steps back and sat in the bleachers or whatever and watched this you would have this is the point where you would just be like the wheels are coming off and what is why can't everybody see this why can't you see that you don't you shouldn't have to incentivize people to do this if it was a real thing that was really affecting people it's just it's it, i no i shouldn't say i'm not saying it's not a real thing sure. i'm saying it's not i i want to clarify it's not living up to their ex to their what they're saying it's the doomsayers expectations right. is what i like to right. say the doomsday right. you know we got those when this first started we got those doomsday figures you know uh 60 million people dead over the next and it's like oh, yeah. not even close buddy not even close that guy should be fired it was like a uh british guy i can't remember his name now yeah yeah just get him out go go no, he's, he's he's paid to be wrong of course because he's been wrong about all the other things in the past he's the guy that they're like okay we need to bring in a statistician who will freak who who's who's doom and gloom and is not afraid to aim high and they bring that guy in every time and he's always wrong i did a i did a big list of of all of his all the times in a row that he was wrong <laughs> it was like it was like eight different pandemics in a row. It was like SARS, MERS, and, and he's not he's not off by like like a little bit like you're lot. on the price is right, you know? He's off by like I said it was gonna be sixty million dead and it was a hundred and fourteen dead people right <laughs> you know I mean? right he's i think i think like, he did something similar with like the zika virus and then like yeah uh, oh he, all of them yeah. yeah he's he's been he's the he's the hysteric that they hire so it's like you know people say you're not a scientist you know you're not an epidemiologist you're not qualified to talk about it. you're right i'm not any of those things but i know bullshit numbers when i see them <laughs> and i know bullshit and, and he, <laughs> they're, they're everywhere you know and like like the thing that that really kicked off, I think the hysteria. Well, moved it into a high gear was when the first, the first time they announced in August of 2020, all dead people, the dead Americans, and it was 169,000 dead from COVID in the United States. All right, that was the big headline, and it was like everywhere. I remember that, yeah. But when you got to the last paragraph, it said of these. 169,000 people, 94% of them died with, no, 6% died from COVID and 94% died with COVID and on average 2.6 comorbidity conditions that included heart disease, cancer, car accidents, parachutes, not opening. Drug overdoses. Somebody died of heat exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. so, So it was like, of this big scary number, really only 6% was actually from it. The others died within 30 days of testing positive with a PCR test that was rigged to, to too many cycles to give false positives. So, I mean, the whole thing was like, you know, you they were playing with them. They are still currently playing with the numbers. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Yeah. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's T-S-I-D-P-O-D. Dot com because the system is down and truth is taking over. Sure. And so, so, okay, you're right. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know that stuff, right? You, you have to ask those guys to come in and, and be the experts on it, but I can see what you're doing with the numbers and I can see how the media is using that. The media are, are co-conspirators in this entire uh, They're thing, it, absolutely the enemy of the people. 100%. Absolutely. And they are, they are, broadcasting these big numbers you know and burying the little ones that they're not making making a big deal out of that and then when they get caught on their lies you know that they never the, the retractions printed on the last page as they say so they're getting busted and fact-checked all the time so it's it the media are co-conspirators in this because they are whipping people up into a frenzy 
they are putting on people and silencing other voices that, uh, you know, putting some people on at the expense of others. They, they're, they're just pathological liars <laughs> in, in almost everything that they do. They treat the public with such contempt um, so why are, why are people watching this? Why are people, why, why are human beings still watching CNN? Right. I, uh, I, I had never actually watched the movie before, but, uh, if you're, you're familiar with Cernovich, I'm sure. And, yeah. uh, and I, I finally watched hoaxed. It was one that I had never watched before. I haven't seen it yet. My God. I, th- I think it might be one of the most important documentaries I've ever watched in my entire life. It is, uh, it totally, really? it totally 100% exposes the fake news media. I mean, 100%. I mean, with citations, with, uh, I mean, undercover footage from like Veritas. I mean, just insane. I had never, you know, I I followed Cernovich for a long time. He's he's retweeted a couple of my things. It's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. But uh, um, I... uh, I, I decided I was going to finally give this this, mo- this movie a, a chance, and I, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I think it was two ninety nine or something, um, or no, it wasn't. It's not on Amazon. It was Peacock or something. But anyways, uh, I watched it, and I, it, it's two hours of exposing the fake news, corporate news media. I mean, one hundred percent. That's like a porno for me. It's beautiful. You have to watch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trust me, you have to watch yeah. it. It's and it's got you know it's got some people in there. Uh, you know, some people that maybe some people don't like. Um, and I and I get that, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos is in there and some mm-hmm. other people. You, but you got to admit that even though you don't like these people, sometimes the media lies about those people that you don't like, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is how crazy it was with the media. It was that I am no fan of Donald Trump. OK, never liked. I don't like that personality type. I don't like I, I'm not even talking about his politics. man. I'm just talking about that. That guy can't stand him. But I found myself like coming to his defense while he was president a few times because the media was so clearly out of their minds and they were so over the top after this guy with and were making up such bullshit and it was crystal clear and i you know and i would just be like god i i mean i i'm not wishing and i'm not wishing trump an easy time as as the president or anything like that but it was like it was like this is a little ridiculous in fact you guys are kind of embarrassing yourself with how how much you hate this guy and so i found myself if in like a couple different instances appreciating trump don't sure when he would like go hard after the media i was like oh yeah go give these guys give these cocksuckers at cnn a taste of their own medicine yeah go get that jim acosta go make an make an example of that guy you know oh, that I was mean? that so was beautiful like, you are fake news I, i'll never forget that i mean you i mean they're they're so the mainstream media is so bad that they made me defend donald trump right same same and I, I sit on the libertarian national committee you know what i mean like i yeah and and i tell i've told this story a bunch of times on the show uh in 2016 i was i was living in southern washington at the time and i stayed up late because you remember the the election the, the the vote counting went pretty late that night yeah um i, I want to say it was like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock my time uh west coast time and uh they announced that donald trump would be the winner of the presidential election and you know and in the in the show in the movie hoaxed they talk about how they actually showed news clippings from the several weeks before where it was like people were saying 100% chance Donald Trump's not going to win all these polls right. all this shit and then Donald Trump wins and it was like I could open my window cuz I was just right across the river from Portland Oregon and I could mm-hmm. open my window and hear the collective screeching all it was like yeah. echoing off the Columbia and Willamette rivers. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and it just kind of, that's where that, I bet you that's where that chick from the, the meme who's like screaming. Uh, at oh the, yeah. No shit. No, well, and most definitely in Portland. Oh, I'm sure. And so, and so it was like, you know, I'm not a Trump, Donald Trump fan. I, in fact, I could name, you know, probably 60 policies right now that he tried or, or did get passed that I'm not a fan of, uh, that I, I'm 100% against, but there was just that tinge of, of happiness when it happened oh, me too yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah because it, it was like is like the media is gonna have to deal with this absolute madman for the next yeah. four years and what are they gonna yeah. do and they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna expose them and he did i mean he really i don't think that we've had a president certainly not my lifetime that has ever exposed the media the way that he did no, no, no no he was i was happy that he was going to be the president well listen 
I would have, you know, Satan himself over Hillary Clinton. Sure. Well, in, and, in and, you know, your boss wants you to find the difference between the two. You, you know, they're the same thing. So, it, Listen, uh, she was the worst. So she gets beat by Donald Trump, and who I am not a fan of. Right. But 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 I know that he's going to give it to the media, you know, because he's 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 just that type. Right. So so I love that. I, there were two things I liked about him. One that I thought he was good, you know, that when he started going after the media, it was it was fantastic because they they are so used to to this being like a coordinated choreographed sort of relationship with the president and they don't ever do their jobs and he and you know and so he he i, I knew he was going to make an example of them and that was great but the second thing i i, I liked the, about trump getting in there was that i knew he would get nothing done right you know i knew that in, in the 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 less he got done the better sure. as far as i was concerned because I knew that every they'd fight him on everything, they'd block him on everything, and that he wouldn't have the political connections or loyalties that these other guys have to, to sort of navigate that Hollywood or the Hollywood. That's a paging Dr. Freud, um, <laughs> uh, Washington D.C. connections that 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 you need to get to make these these sorts of things, uh, you know, to make the process happen in Washington DC. I knew he was going to have a hard time with that. And I thought, and I saw that as a good thing because I thought that there was a, you know, there's this Obama agenda that was meant to be continued by Hillary for the next eight years. And he blocked that in right, a way, even right. though, you know, they're all kind of together. So, but, but, but he, he represented, uh, a speed bump for that. Not that, not to say that the, this agenda isn't going to wind up happening after all, but just that he was going to throw a monkey wrench in it for a little while. So I like that, but then, you know, same old shit with that guy. Yeah. You know, bomb, bombing the same countries. Yeah. And, it's and like his, his claim to fame is, well, I didn't start any new wars, which <laughs> I mean, think about that though. And that's like, that's like such a low bar. Wow, the, the bar has been set so low, and yet that is the truth. Yeah. I guess maybe I don't know. He did. I, I don't. He. Sh- he took yeah, a, I guess he didn't. He had a new one. You know, I was hoping for a hero's exit when he walked out of the White House. Uh, you know, uh, pardon Assange, pardon Snowden, pardon. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Ross Ulbricht. You know, sh- give the middle yes. finger to the establishment. Tell them like, yo, you know, co- you know, e-commerce is 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 freedom. Uh, you you know, true journalism is telling the truth, and and this is the way you could show it that you know you're disdain. And he walked out and didn't do anything. And so I had that fantasy for about ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I just and then I just said, I said, uh, this guy is he's part of that establishment. True. He's a he's he's a maybe a different strain of it but he's he's still part of it and uh but he told me he was gonna drain the swamp charlie uh, yeah right (laughs) yeah exactly and he and he also said i love wikileaks wikileaks i love wikileaks and then when he became president wiki who yeah wiki who julian assange what who's that i never heard of him before uh yeah that was that was that was probably the the biggest letdown for with me and probably you know, had he walked out of the White House and and done that, I, I mean, I would have apl- I would have stood up and applauded. No I doubt. would have applauded too. I would have said credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah. you know, I think that guy sells a lot of hope. Sure, he sells he's hope porn with Donald Trump. Yep. You know, it's always kind of in the it's always kind of in the future, never in the present with 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 him. I don't. You know, he's got a bunch of people that are like very devoted to him. Sure. And, uh, but, but they, I don't think they really know. Like that guy is, that guy is, he, he, he's not one of you. He's a New York Democrat, really. I mean, if you want to talk he, about well, it. Yeah, he's a New York Democrat too. <laughs> uh, I just want to, I, I want to, uh, shout out some of these super chats real quick. Player fucking world. Thanks man for the $10 super chat. He said he finally got caught up on the podcast. Now he's going to try and catch the live shows more. I appreciate you. Charlie's the man. Also space is fake. Thanks Ryan Lundberg for a $5 super chat. Top lobster $2 super chat. He says his pineal, his pineal gland and SOD are malleable. <laughs> is that, that's, is that he's, he's talking to you there. I think, uh, Rich Clark threw five dollar uh, super chat. Thanks, brother. He said Demonet- demonetization donation. Yeah, listen, I'm not monetizing this episode purposely because it keeps a couple extra eyes off the episode just in case. Uh, so if you guys want to throw some super chats and make up for it, I'd appreciate it. But uh, so let's talk about the you know your number one bestseller on Amazon. 
the control yes. controlled demolition of the American Empire. I what what is the book about? Uh, why did you write it? Uh, so I was I was on uh, the Anarchast with Jeff promoting my octopus book, and uh, when we got done recording. He was like, uh, he says, I really want to write a book. Uh, would you want to work on something with me? Uh, no, actually, he said, he said, it's a, f- the first thing he said was, you know, it's all coming down. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, the system, the, the, the banking, it, it's all coming down. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I know. And he's like, he's like, he's like, just watch. It's all coming down. Then he, then he said, well, you want to talk about writing, you know, working on a book together. And I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He goes, I have, I have some ideas. And he sent me the ideas and I, I looked at him and I had an idea. I had an idea based on that conversation that I had with him because he was saying it's all coming down. And in my head, it's like, like a controlled demolition, you know? And so I'm thinking, let's do this. Let's talk about Let's talk about how the American empire has been slated for destruction by sure. the globalist maniacs and how you go about doing that, that there's certain uh, steps that you take, you know, you pre-wiring the building, you know, uh, weakening the support columns, things like this, pressing down the plunger, clearing the debris. So we, we made, we took the, the, all the steps that you take towards uh taking down an actual building and made the and made the comparisons to the way you would take down an empire and some of these things like some of the policy you know so we 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 talk about the federal reserve we talk about nafta we talk you know like things like nafta is is one of those policies that was signed in the law under clinton that doesn't it's like a it's like lighting a 30 year fuse on a bomb that it it just takes like a generation for it to go off. But when it goes off, it has catastrophic implications and that. So we've got, so we're talking about all these things, you know, pre-weakening the buildings. That's how you do it with thing, you know, things like NAFTA. Um, So we made these comparisons and laid out our case for the fact that the, the American empire is, is, is going away. It's being taken down True. because it's the last domino standing in the way of these globalist maniacs that want to create a one world government. And it's not us saying that. It's not us speculating that we think they might sort of kind of want to create a one world government. They're very clear in their writings. They're, they spell it out crystal clear. They write books about it. They give presentations about it. They do simulations about it. They're telling you that that's what they want to do. So it's not conspiracy theory, it's conspiracy analysis. Right. And we're just analyzing these actual conspiracies that are happening. And what so we laid out this pretty pretty solid case for that. And we released the book the Friday before the elections. And on election Tuesday, it became a number one bestseller in the United States and Australia. And we just couldn't stop laughing at the irony of it happening on election day, because if you read the book, you'll never vote. There's no, you know, I mean, like it, it, that, that's the one thing that, that it really like, it makes you so like, it makes you feel like there's just really no chance even through voting. So it's, it's tough. It's a tough book, man. It's tough because, you know, I'm an American and Jeff's a Canadian living in Mexico but and so he's got a unique perspective. You know, he's an anarchist and he has puts on an, an Arcapulco every year, the largest anarchist convention in the world. And he runs a financial services company called the Dollar Vigilante. So he's got a really awesome perspective on things. I mean, a very unusual one. And and I love that. And Jeff added, you know, brought this real cool dimension to the book. Um, and I wrote from an American point of view you know, what I was seeing. And I don't want this to happen. I mean, I, I, to be clear, I don't, it's, I don't, I don't want it to happen, but it's, it's too late. It's the, 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 the plunger has been pushed down. It's just, it's coming. So what we were talking about is, is, is how to position yourself, you know, to like, once you're aware of this sort of make some moves to get yourself out of the, that tidal wave that's coming back. So, um, it, 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 but I'll tell you what, and this doesn't give away the ending of the book necessarily, but 
But we do talk about this being there being a lot of hope here too, sure. because um, a lot of opportunity is opening up for people. A lot of people are starting to see the world differently after this COVID, and especially through, you know through the, we're we're kind of living through a slow motion collapse. They're they're waking up to it, so there's some benefits that are coming from this. So so it's going to be painful, you know. It's a reshuffling of the deck, sure. and uh, and that's rough. And and nobody likes change, and we're living through a whole lot of change right now. But but if you if you position yourself correctly, and you're aware of what's coming, and you're able to make some moves to get yourself as far out of the way as as possible, you will be in a position to really benefit after these changes come if they don't put us all in fema camps right, right. <laughs> i'm not even kidding yeah you know? I, I was talking about this last night I mean, australia i'm just yeah. saying I, I that's what i was i was talking to i was talking to i had a really great uh author on last night who wrote a great book on the second amendment and uh how you know it's being interpreted all wrong and we're letting the courts kind of take over and make their own judgment on all these amendments and it's it's like we had the federalist and anti anti-federalist papers we know what they were they meant when they wrote this constitution um but we were talking about how you know uh you know if we had not been able to arm ourselves we would be australia in the next oh, six yeah. months there's no doubt about it yeah yeah i it it's been um oh it's been really sad man because the australians are so cool the people are so great their yeah. government sucks so bad and um and they've and, and they've been disarmed and they're on an island so they're really doubly screwed here. So it, it, I, 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 I hope, you know, we've been hearing, uh, we, we've been hearing horrible things. Like they're building, we saw the video. The it quarantine camp. Was, yeah. <laughs> they're building like camps. I okay. Want, I don't want to see those showers. You don't want to see those showers <laughs> for these camps. Uh, but then simultaneously, you're also hearing about the truckers getting together and striking. Yeah. So okay, now we're talking. Now we're now we're talking about this. So, so um, it's a lesson for a lot of countries, I think. Unfortunately, at Australia's expense right now. Uh, but I think we can learn a lot because this madness that happens there is going to be exported to other countries. Sure. We don't be naive. Is it? I mean, we all know, right? If we are, if we don't like, we don't want it to happen. But if we're being honest, it's coming. True. So, so unless Australia learn, shows us how to defeat it, and maybe the maybe the way is through this trucking strike, and maybe that empowers people. Um, and Australians need to be empowered right now, I think, uh, to to then rise up a little bit more and say, "I'm coming out of my house. I know there's a drone there, spot you know, over the loudspeaker telling me to get in my house and everything." you know, who cares? I'm out, you know, so maybe that's what we need to see. So, so Australia is a, a pivotal place right now, man. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. It's, 100% it's super dangerous. I, 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 I have a lot of, I'm very uh, uh, anxious for, for those people there, but, and I hope they get it together because they're, they don't normally, you know, I would, I would think that they don't normally take a bunch of shit. They seem like they're pretty cool people, but God now's the time to really kind of come together yeah, and stand up. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Cause I do, I do think that that, you know, that posturing that their government is doing is coming here. It's, I mean, it's already starting here. It's been starting here and we're seeing it in some, you know, key States like New York and California, of course. Uh, yeah. But we're going to start seeing it, you know, Ohio, Illinois. And, you know, once it starts coming to the Midwest, uh, if any of the Southern States hop on it, I mean, you're going to start seeing a big push to make it a nationwide thing. I know that. I understand that. I know that's coming. It's what they want. You know, it's what the federal government wants for sure. Um, and, and the people who, you know, the people who really control the federal government, you know, these lobbyists and, and big interest uh, groups yeah. and stuff. But um, how long do you think we got, man? You know what I mean? I mean, before God, this collapse, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the dollar as the world's reserve currency stands a pretty good chance of going away, and I, that would be that would be the trigger. Yeah, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, buy buy gold, buy, yeah, buy silver, gold, buy, physical metals. Buy Bitcoin, this is my, not, by the way, this is not. Bullets, yeah, this, whatever. I mean, this is not financial advice. Fuck you, SEC. Not, not even a little bit of it is financial advice. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> no financial advice at all. But but I mean, you know, it's it. Look, they you don't have to be a statistician to know that when they create 
all you know of all the dollars that exist right now, forty percent of them were created just last year. That's not good, right? That does not end well right. for people, and it it and it accelerates things as as well. So, so um, you know, I think people need to take you know get, get real honest about the situation that we're in right now. I'm not trying to freak people out, but like maybe like get a little bit prepared yeah. for what possibly could happen where, you know, we, though the media are a bunch of lying whores, they are talking about supply chain disruptions a whole lot. Yeah. And so I, I have no doubt that that, that that's like predictive or pre pre planning programming for us to accept that as sort of normal in a couple of months. Yeah, it's so, always something weird too. It was like chicken wings at one point. I was like, what the fuck? how the <laughs> fuck are we having a shortage on chicken wings? And then the change thing really freaked me out for a while. I'm like, why the fuck do we not have any change in this country? That's very bizarre. Uh, and yeah. you know, I, I, when I first moved, I moved to Iowa last year, I left California I, I with fucking one suitcase. I was like, I'm out of here. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, I went, you know, we, when I first moved here, we were in this little shitty two bedroom apartment in this complex and they had, you know, laundry machines. And I went down to the gas station. I'm like, Hey, can I get some, you know, $5 and quarters or something? We don't have any quarters. We don't have any quarters at all. I'm like, you don't have your fucking gas station. You don't have any quarters. They was like, yeah, you can try the Casey's across the street. So I go to the Casey across the street. No, we don't have any change where there's a, there's a national change shortage. We don't have any change. Where the fuck did all the change go? <laughs> I don't know. How did anybody? How did anybody see that happening and go and not go? This is not normal. This isn't a normal thing. There's always like you have change like in your couch cushions falling all over the place, and we have a national change shortage. Get out of here! I feel like that sometimes the simulation glitches a little bit, and that's that was that was part of it. It was like let's just make randomly and for no good reason. Yeah. change totally disappear i understand that they do want to go to a cashless society so that, that's probably that's that the was beginning. probably a, a little bit of a push but when they're like oh covid lives on your dollar bills i was like you guys are think we're all stupid yeah. don't you this is a this, this you they're they're literally they think you're they do think we're stupid i mean that's they do think that's that i mean if you watch people in the government like aoc and and these people the way they talk to the american public they think you're fucking stupid yeah and, and and to be fair, after you watch something like Black Friday, where all these morons are lined up like at a Best Buy at 4 a.m. on Friday after Thanksgiving, you kind of can't argue with it. It's with true. <laughs> it's you so know, true. I mean, we, we have to admit there is a segment of the population that is pretty stupid. Yeah. But they do treat us like 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 children. Well, you know, the government treats us like children. And it's and I found I just find it like really interesting like to to try and you know to people that are that are uh unsure about the covid stuff you know i i, I keep thinking like hey uh you know your what you what do you think of your government your government is, is don't they normally just try to like tax you a lot as much as they can and then uh lie to you about a bunch of stuff why, why do you guys suppose they're so interested in your health all of a sudden? Yeah. Doesn't that strike you as a little, just a little bit suspicious? Because like your relationship with the government is not a very good one. They're always trying to steal your stuff. They're always trying to tell you what to do, tell you what you can't do. Um, it's not a, it's not a good warm two-way street it's a one-way street it's an abusive and, it's an abusive domestic violent domestically violent it, uh, relationship that you can't you don't have the resources is. to get out of <laughs> it is it is and so now that same domestic abuser all of a sudden has taken for some reason a serious interest in your personal health they want to make sure that you don't catch a virus and they have just the solution for you and they're really trying to force you to take it. Like, I I, I just think, like, can't you at least a, kind of see that this is weird? Zoom out. Just zoom out a little bit. Just a little bit? <laughs> like, it's so, it's so obvious to, to us, uh, but, but I, I mean, there's still people out there. I just think, like, just... When has the government ever given a shit about you? Now all of a sudden they want to be your best friend. They want to be your nanny. And like, and and by the way, uh, not their mandate to save everybody's life from a virus either. We we didn't ask them to do this. Who says that they're in, they they're supposed to be in charge of of saving everybody right. from this? Right. 
They're not. They're they not. never did it with the flu. Of course not. Why would and you know why would they? What's the point? Why would they? What's the point? It's it's frustrating. So and my point is I'm oh, frustrated. Yeah. Well, I, I we need more people <laughs> frustrated and pissed off, Charlie. So I I support it. I agree with you, and I'm I'm happy that you are. But we're getting to the close close to the end of the public stream. I do a ten to fifteen to twenty minute members only stream as soon as this one ends. But I want to talk just a little bit about your new book that you have finished. Correct? Yes. What's the name of that I, book I, and what's that about? It's called Hypocrisy, but the 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 last word is crazy. Hypocrisy. Uh surviving in a world of cultural double standards. It's about it's about all of the cultural bullshit that we have to deal with. The uh, I get into uh you know it's it's about hypocrisy and about saying one thing and doing another thing. So you get we obviously get into religion, we get into the government. COVID, uh, the woke mob, uh, you know, I, I go after big business. So it, it's, it's a, it's a fun book. It's funny. It's not conspiratorial heavy necessarily. I've got almost 500 footnotes in it too. So what I'm doing is I'm pointing out the overt hypocrisy in all of these institutions, like the media and, and the politicians. And then I'm documenting it footnoting it and showing you like here and here it is like here's them saying one thing here's them saying the other thing here's the footnotes and and having some fun at their expense to show how 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 easily misled the public is you know and how how people are so um you know how we're getting lied to constantly uh, from all these different institutions that are make up our lives and so uh uh, it, it just was, it, it's a, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people because they're going to be like, Oh, I totally, totally forgot about that. That's so true. I've, you know, some, some obscure random thing that I bring, I bring out in the eighties or, you know, quoting some, some guy, a, a great quote from some guy and tie it back to something that he said, totally contradicting it. So it's, it's a fun book. It's an easy read. It'll be out in uh, a couple of weeks and uh, I'll, I'll let you, I'll send you a copy when it's, when it's done. Dude, I would love that. I definitely, uh, I, I listen, Charlie, you got a new fan in me. No doubt about oh, thank it. Thank you, man. I, uh, I, likewise, I, likewise. I, I appreciate the work you're doing, brother. Before we end the public stream, uh, can you tell my, my people who are going to hear you and watch you, where can they find you, how they can support you, where they can buy your books, all that great stuff? Sure, yes. So you can. my website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Uh, you can find just about everything uh, about the, uh, me there. My podcast is Macroaggressions. It's available in audio format everywhere. It's available in video format on David Icke's platform, Iconic. Rockfin and Odyssey, sometimes YouTube, depending on the <laughs> depending on the content, <laughs> and uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions. And uh, I've been kicked off once. I'll probably be kicked off again, but you can follow me while you can. How many and, times? Uh, yeah, how many times I've, have you ever been? Uh, have you ever had the boot from from YouTube? I've got. I had two strikes on me, and I just kind of. Uh, ran out the clock till one of the strikes dropped off and started putting videos back on. So yeah, I got, uh, I got, uh, Matt Landman got me uh, dinged last time for talking about the weather. Oh, sure. They called it violent content you know uh, yeah of course of course that's how they do they'll get me eventually too thankfully i uh i i'm auto synced with odyssey so i won't lose any of my content yep. and uh you know at some point i'm sure uh i will be live streaming at odyssey instead um i'm part of the Absolutely. i'm part of the live streaming group there i'm able to live stream and they're making some really good upgrades and the and the, the platform's getting better and better every day so and i'm a big fan of jeremy i had jeremy coffin on my show so I had him on my show too. He's great. He's great, man. That guy, yeah. he's another one of those guys. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And he doesn't care what you think. <laughs> I, 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 met, I met him at a Narcopulco. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good dude. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Charlie, uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan. I can't wait to read your books, man. Thank you so much for coming on. If you could just hold on for like two minutes, I'll end the public stream. We'll start the members only. You got it. All right. Thanks again, brother. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Another awesome show. Man, Charlie's cool. He's a really cool guy, man. Go follow him on, uh, on Twitter while you can, I guess. But go check out his content. He's got great content. His show's really good. I'm very excited to read his books. You definitely got to check him out. Uh, if you have not, I would suggest doing so. Uh, guys, tomorrow 
is Friday. It's the last show of the week. And then I, I get a couple of days off to, to just hang out with my kids. But uh, we got the Mad Ones coming on. It's going to be an early show. I'm going to do it at 3 p.m. Central Time. Unfortunately, one of the guys that works out, so I get to go work a night shift tomorrow uh, from 5.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Uh, so we're going to do the show a little early. I'm very excited. If you guys haven't ever checked out the Mad Ones, I'm a big fan of Jess and Cam. Probably one of the most underrated podcasts out there. Definitely go check them out and uh, come hang out with us tomorrow. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, check out our sponsors, TopLopsa.com, for all your wonderful graphic design needs. Uh, you can get 10% off by using BTC at checkout or join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a channel member here on YouTube. Guys, help support the show financially so I can go out and start doing events and and uh, man on the street stuff and putting out a whole bunch of other content for you. We uh, we got a goal set on Patreon, so you can do Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the channel here. And you get all this great after hours content that we're about you're about to see now and like 35 other shows of after hours content plus some cool swag and custom emojis and all that great stuff so uh but you also get top lobster gear at like 30 percent off brand new before it goes out to the general public really good deal and uh of course executive producer show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check these people out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently guys i will see you tomorrow for the show with the mad ones at 3 p.m remember it's a break the cycle matinee but until then Don't forget to break cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and refrain. But I just spent it in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do. So when he finds you commit, I am not an excuse because I just spent it in Minecraft. What Trooper is my friend and he's constantly cold. Accusations of incitement getting totally old. Make your own choices, yeah, you have control because I just spent it in Minecraft. Obviously, I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There are nothing I mean, you know it The product in us gets close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm poet In Minecraft